This week on History Makers, we speak to Andrew Scarborough from Youth for Christ. And we're going to find out a bit of his story today. Mate, uh, tell us a bit about where you were born and raised. Well, Matt, it's so good to be with you today. Um, You know, I was born in Melbourne, um, but I was actually raised uh, (laughs) all over Australia and Asia, really. So I went to 13 different schools. And I've spent uh, four years in Southeast Asia and then time in New South Wales, time in South Australia, and then all across Victoria. So I've had quite the uh, the varied born and raised. How come you moved around so much? Oh, so, so my parents are in in ministry. They, they actually run uh, a hospital, school, and children's homes, and, and they, they're doing amazing work. But the way I put it is I, you know, this is my version. So I think my parents were really looking for where where they fit. Um, they knew that they had a heart to, to serve uh, the underprivileged, but they didn't quite know where. And so they did a bit of training here, a bit of training there, moved here, moved there. And they've actually landed um, in Southeast Asia and they've been there for over 20 years now in the same place. So uh, so they did find that, um, but they, I think they were searching while I was a kid. <laughs> my version. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. And tell yeah. us about your uh, conversion experience. Were you uh, always a follower of the Lord? I, you know, my family, was a Christian home, Christian family. And so from a very young age, you know, I knew I knew the songs like, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I, I knew the reality of, okay, Jesus loves me um, in terms of, you know, it was very much a, a head knowledge. It was something that I knew. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't until... I would say I was about 19, but I really had an encounter with God that changed everything because, you know, moving around and and also having parents that really are quite um, well-known by a lot of people in ministry um, and, you know, by governments and different people really, really know and respect my my parents. I felt this real pressure to be someone, to perform, to be successful, and, and that just crashed in a huge heap uh, when I couldn't get in. I wanted to become a medical uh, missionary. I couldn't get into medicine. And then uh, my girlfriend uh, couldn't make that work. And once again, my parents, they met when they were 15, got married when they were 19. And so I had this this idealistic view of how my life was going to turn out. And it was turning out anything but. I ended up drinking, uh, ended up uh, in a really unhealthy uh, relationship. And walked away from the church and one night I was in I was actually in a bar I was in a bar I was actually working as a barista and a a man that I'd never met before came into my work and he looked at me and he said can I ask you a question do you love your parents which was a bizarre question to ask uh, to ask someone who's making drinks in a bar and uh, but the whole reason I was in such a mess is because of this this tension I felt uh, with my with my parents and feeling like a letdown and feeling like a failure, 
And he said, you know, there's a great love out there for you. And I said, what are you talking about and why are you here at 11 o'clock at night in this bar? And he said, I feel I'm meant to tell you that God loves you so much and you just have to come back to him. And it totally and utterly rocked my world. And I spent the next month, I would say daily, just in tears, just receiving the love of God and being healed up. And uh, that really has given me a passion for what I do now as an evangelist because I just see that people are just one conversation away from turning their whole world around. And I would say, though I accepted Jesus as a child, I really accepted the love of the Father as an adult, and it was um, it was just profound. And tell us about your journey after that. Did you end up getting involved in ministry soon after that? Yeah, it was it was actually really interesting. The uh, the gentleman who who came and spoke to me, he said, "Look, I never do this." He had friends at, at his church who said he never does that. But he really felt uh, a bit of a prompting to to have that conversation with me. And the other thing he said is that he had actually um, had someone pray with him and they had an impression, they had a thought that he was going to um, meet a young guy that he was going to heal and release into ministry. And I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. And he said, I just wonder whether that's you. And uh, within a month of being a part of his church, I got a phone call from a, a church, which is actually now a uh, a Hillsong campus that was at the time called Eastside, they said, would you run our high school ministry? Then I got another phone call from another church uh, a couple of years later, would you be our youth pastor? And then and then I became a young adults pastor. I did my master's at Fuller Seminary in the States, planted a church over in California, and now I'm in, in evangelism. So I absolutely did get healed up and released into ministry because I've been doing it for... Uh, over 10 years now, and uh, absolutely love it. Okay, so that is pretty cool, uh, getting your master's at Fuller. Uh, tell us, what what was your main focus of study? Yeah, so I, I studied uh, global leadership, actually, and uh, so really intercultural uh, intercultural dynamics. What does it look like to do leadership in, in different nations with different nationalities? And it, was a, it was a really, uh, really an amazing course. And tell us a bit about your involvement in the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. I was enjoying watching you hosting this year, uh, oh, interviewing you, people mate. and leading you know, le- leading the team in Canberra with Warwick Marsh. How did it go, mate? Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, so, so after, the, after spending time in the States, we came home and one of those things that, that just kind of happened in being here and, and having a heart for our nation is I got connected to the National Day of Prayer and Fasting and so thankful for Warwick and we did a full day on the Saturday out the front of Parliament House and just really lent into praying for our nation and you know anyone that's listening would know that we are living in very interesting times and we need prayer for our nation and so it was such an honour to be able to host that. I know uh, often Matt you actually host that and so yeah it was an honour to be there and, and as you would know there's something very special about praying right you know, in our nation's capital mm. at the Parliament House and really declaring that uh, that Australia would be a nation that would love Jesus and follow Jesus. And so, yeah, it was, I would say, honestly, um, one of the highlights of my short 32 years on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I really enjoyed watching the live stream. I was unwell and couldn't be there, and it was mm. great to see a young gun like yourself taken, you know, taken over. And uh, I was just it's so inspirational. I think there was like 80... 
something locations around Australia, and yeah. y- you were on Zoom, you know, doing which is like Skype, you know, you were zooming into Brisbane and Perth and Toowoomba and all over the place. What a, a great picture of unity, seeing churches around the nation praying together, hey? Yeah, it was it was truly profound, and uh, I would encourage anyone um, who hasn't been involved yet to really look into the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. They've, I think they've scheduled it for the second of February uh, next year, and there's just re- there's regional centres all around the country that you can actually come together. They stream it online, and you know I really do believe in that verse that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land, you know, forgive their sins, heal their land. Like, it's just, I know I'm not quoting it word for word, but the reality is if we'll humble ourselves and pray, I really do believe that the Lord will do a great work in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. 2 Chronicles 7.14, a a, a powerful verse at the the heart of that movement. And I love the fact that they... Don't just have it as a one-off event, but it's a, it's a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, isn't it? That's been our call. You know, we've been saying to people, we don't want the National Day to be a moment. We want it to be a movement of prayer. We don't want the 40 days even to be a moment, you know, a 40-day moment. It, it needs to be a movement. It needs to be a lifestyle of prayer, and that's what we're going to tell folks that gather. This has to be a movement of unity, of humility, and of prayer. And as we pray and also as we evangelize, as we share our faith with those around us, I really do believe that we can see, and I dare say we are seeing a shift in Australia. Brisbane, I believe, has appointed their first Christian Lord Mayor. And so it's, this is a, an amazing time that we're living in to see these, these on-fire Christian Lord Mayors, Christian Prime Ministers and and something's happening in Australia, and I'm very excited to be alive in these times. Absolutely. Now, let's just jump back a little bit. You mentioned you planted a church in the U.S. Now, church planting, you really got to be crazy to do that. It's one of the <laughs> toughest things on the planet. Tell us how it went. You know, I describe it as the hardest, best thing that I've ever done. Um, you know, the statistics show that church planting is now the number one way to reach, you know, organisationally to reach people um, for Jesus. So it used to be crusades and, and mass events, and now it's actually church planting with crusades being second. And so I have such a heart to reach the lost for Jesus. There's this song that says, what would I have done if it wasn't for Jesus? And when I sing that song, I think of I think of myself in that bar and if it wasn't for Jesus. And so we church planted because we just wanted to reach as many people for Jesus as possible. And California is an interesting place. People say California and LA is like the land of the beautiful people. But if you scratch beneath the the surface of uh, what is often a very well manicured life, you'll find that uh, that there is a real need, there is real hunger. People are are really, really in need of the gospel. And so we we planted a church, but how we did it is we did it through neighbour-to-neighbour interaction. Um, we did it by hosting neighborhood barbecues out of our place. And we actually had, really within a year or so, we had about uh, 70 different people coming along to these barbecues. And these were neighbors that had lived next to each other for for years. One guy said, I've been here for nearly 20 years and I've never had a meal with any of my neighbors. And now I've had 10. And so we really 
moved into the neighborhood as we saw Jesus do. He came here and he just began to, to get to work. And that's what we did. We moved into the neighborhood and we began to get to work. And it was a, an amazing, amazing time. Sadly, we, we, we actually lost our visa, um, had to leave the States at short notice. And we, we talked with our team and, and they decided that we w- they wouldn't continue the church mainly because the entire core team, us included, had either just had a baby or, or were about to have a baby. And, and they just said, we, we don't know if we can carry this. The good thing is many, many of those that were involved in our church plant actually went on to plant churches or to start ministries and, and are really making a difference. And so I think no opportunity is wasted, no experience is wasted. And I'm, we're really thankful for the time that we did have uh, in America. Wow. Inspirational to hear, mate. And uh, it's a pity Donald Trump couldn't have helped you out with that visa. You know, he could have sorted things out for you, hey? <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, dear. So let's uh, move forward to your current role. Now, you and I actually met at Awakening in Melbourne last year, and I was so inspired to uh, connect with you finally. We, you know, we'd connected online a bit previously, but uh, it was great to see uh, you're doing some work with TBN Pacific, which is a great Christian TV network uh, around the Pacific, and I know you're doing some work there right now. Uh, and and you were there, you know, alongside people like Nick Voyagic and and you know all these uh, amazing worship teams, and of course Ben Fitzgerald, and and you know these amazing people that were preaching the gospel uh, across the weekend at Awakening. Uh, and and now you're involved in is it Youth for Christ? Is that who you're working with now? Yes, so uh, you know, my wife and I, we always say our our vision really is to reach the lost and revive the found. We want to preach the gospel to as many people as possible in any way we can. And so, like you said, you know, we did work with TBN. We were very involved in in Awakening Australia and that event, and just recently had a, a call from Youth for Christ and they're looking for a national ministry director, and and the idea being that that I would, you know, coach and lead and invest into their their team across the nation um, so that we can see more young people reach for Jesus in Australia. And so it uh, just totally fit in with what what our heart is for. And, and I, you know, <laughs> the evangelist is, a, is an interesting position in the church these days because uh, often, the, you know, it used to be that denominations would employ evangelists but now evangelists are, are a little bit freelancing. And so we're doing two days a week with, with Youth for Christ, investing into their team, and then we also run other ministries, our own, own ministry and write books and all of that. But Youth for Christ, my hat, that ministry <laughs> is just stunning. Yeah, I am being so impressed um, with their heart. I've been so impressed with their, you know, they have a real vision to go after the lost sons and daughters. Mm. Um, I was talking to their CEO, Cindy McGarvey, and she says that the if you want to look at what the Lord is up to, you can get a fair hint. She has a military background, so she, she thinks this way. She goes, you can get a fair hint at what the enemy is up to. And we're seeing the enemy go after this next generation, go after our youth in particular, in their identity, in, in who they are. And so Cindy is really launching a uh, a counter-offensive, or you know, of saying, right, 
we are going to get this next generation for Jesus. And I love, uh, just love what Youth for Christ are doing. It's a, it's a real honour to be a part of it. If people want to find out more about your personal ministry, uh, what's your website if people want to go and check it out? Yes, if people go to uh, awakenthevalley.com, so awakenthevalley.com, that really has, has links to, to everything that we're doing. We'd love to have people check that out. And, uh, you know, a huge part of our heart is to equip and to raise up evangelists and revivalists. And so anyone at all uh, that might be listening that says, look, I have got a heart to reach the lost. I want to get, you know, into my neighborhood or into my local school or on the streets or however it looks, even online evangelism. We'd love to hear from you and just just help you. Maybe your church needs um, some evangelism training and just a bit of a a bit of a revival in that in that area. We'd be more than happy to serve. That's what we do. We serve the body of Christ to reach and revive. And so it's a, yeah, it's such an honor. Wonderful, Andrew. It's been great to hear your testimony today and uh, see what God's doing in your life. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Matt, you are too kind, and I bless you in everything that you're doing in the media, in Australia, and as a pastor. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.